Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Craft of the Draft podcast. Today, we're joined by another special guest, the Premiership coach of the Boys Talent League, Rob Harding from the Sandringham Dragons. Rob, it's lovely to have you on and have a chat. Tell us about your season in general. Obviously, coming in for your first year and winning the Premiership would have been a very nice feeling. Yeah, easy gig coaching, isn't it, when you come in and win a Premiership in the first year? But look, really lucky to, to come into such a well-established program like the Dragons. And our talent manager, Mark Wheel, has done an unbelievable job over a number of years. And um, our guys do a really good job of recruiting and getting out and watching a lot of games of junior footy. And it's a competitive region to get into our 18s program and even into our 16s program. And um, what that allowed for me as a coach coming in was a high level of talent to work with. And, you know, probably not the level of talent that the club had the year before when you have three of the top seven draft picks, but really great depth this year. And for us, it's always about what we can do at the back end of the year and how we can get the group to come back together after we lose a big chunk of them to private school footy in the middle of the year. And I felt over that last, you know, four to six weeks, particularly the last four games, obviously, we uh, just got better every week. And, you know, we won the, the four finals by an average of seven goals, but I didn't feel it was that big a gap between us and the rest of the competition. I thought it was really strong between, you know, Rebels, Tasmania, Eastern Rangers, obviously, really good teams. And, um, you know, we were pretty fit. We were able to kick away late in a couple of games and, you yeah, know, really pleased to, to come away with the premiership and first year at the club. Yeah, no, really well summed up. We'll go through some of those some of those top end, I guess, boys. You talk about the amount of talent that you do have, and it does run pretty deep. We'll start with the Lark medalist in Riley Sanders. How did you sort of see his development through the season? He seemed to be one who, I guess, we always knew he was a top end talent, but even from the start of the season to the end of the season, some of the things he developed seemed to be really impressive. When you look at how good he ended up from a power stoppage craft and inside mid and consistency point of view. Yeah, absolutely, Johnny. I mean, he's, you know, clearly when I met him, he's already that sort of semi-professional, nearly professional player. He has a great mindset and um, his dad, Adam, has been a great influence with him, you know, all along the way in his football career. And I felt the, the maturity in his game came during the year. He went from playing, and I say this respectfully, a junior footy to an AFL footy, um, the way he, he progressed his game. And um, he became more of a, a come out the front of stoppage, more direct sort of player. He, He's got a beautiful kick and he handballs a lot because he wins it in a contest, but um, he was able to get out and use his kick more in space, which we really liked and encouraged him just to get further up the ground and, and be an inside 50 kicker and hit the scoreboard, which we were able to see through that first month of games. And, you know, I thought his game went to a, another level in the champs and, you know, yeah. coming up against him on the other side, having to coach against him when he played for the Allies was um, certainly a challenge, particularly in that midfield. So um, I was really pleased for him to be the Lark medalist was really well-deserved and, you know, he had a fantastic year across the AFL Academy, Melbourne Grammar, his Dragons footy and, and playing with the Allies as well. And, you know, he, he now will go into the, the top end of the draft, which is fantastic for him as a ready-made, strongly built inside midfielder with great craft and already that real high level of professionalism. Yeah, certainly. Tell us a little bit more about that professionalism. Everything you hear seems to be that he does have that sort of winner's mindset. And you talk about that transition from, I guess, a junior footy player to an AFL-ready player. How did you see that transition? Was there was there a moment? When did that sort of occur? It wasn't a, not one moment specifically, but you could tell from the first time I met him that he was very yeah. professional and that he was really dedicated and serious about his footy. And you know, with all these young men, not to speak about Riley specifically, but for all of them, we, we really encouraged that balance between schoolwork and footy. And um, he was able to find that really good balance, I think, because he had to handle a fair bit this year in terms of you know all the the conversation around potentially the North Melbourne thing happening. Yeah. And, um, you know, he plays school footy at Melbourne Grammar and, and was tagged pretty heavily with that all through the year. And he had to deal with a fair bit this year, Riley, and he just handled it so well. So I think his professionalism's just got better every year, clearly, um, over the last few years. And 
I went to another level this year. His attention to detail and his craft and his recovery, all those little one percenters, uh, was really impressive all through the year. And I think that's one of the things that's going to make him a very good AFL player. Ollie Murphy is one I want to talk about now, who obviously won the Vic Metro MVP in that national championships. And I thought it was his ability to be so dependable in that back line that if something didn't go right, maybe in the first half, he'd always turn it around and dominate his opponent. Where was that? Was that a mindset thing for him? And where did he build such confidence to go into the champs and really make an impact and sort of make a stand as that key defender prospect going into the later end of the year? Yeah, it's a great story, Nate. Like, it, it, from where we first started with Ollie, when I first came in, obviously I had to learn all the players from scratch and there were 96 that were training with us in pre-season. So it took me a bit of time just to remember everyone's name, let alone get to know their story. But in Ollie's case, yeah, he really impressed me straight away with his running power, his um, composure, um, getting the ball off the deck and with ball in hand. So, you know, you're a really good runner. You know, he's 200 centimetres. He's a good kick. He's clean at ground level. What role are we going to play this young man in? And he played a bit of that sort of key forward ruck. I don't think he played a game on the wing potentially last year as well, giving his running power. There's clearly a need at AFL level for 200 centimetre key defenders. And we went to him and Lockie Voss, um, who's a very similar sort of athlete, and said, let's try training as a key defender and see how we go. Um, and both of them really embraced it. They, they loved the challenge of it and both developed really well through pre-season. In Ollie's case, uh, the thing that really stood out was when we put him into competitive drills, he just had this mindset that he didn't want to get beaten. And he's such a, a nice, quiet, calm character off the field that you didn't know whether you were going to see that necessarily on the field. And we really did. So yeah, when he got challenged um, in some games, particularly in the Allies game, and Jed Walter gets a couple on him early and you know that ball was coming in pretty hot out of centre bounce. As I referenced before, the Allies midfield were pretty good and that ball was coming in fast. But you know, was the first one, Walter takes a great mark. He almost gets the hand in for the spoil. The next two, he's probably off him a little bit in general play. One, I think, from the goal line as well. Um, after that, he really kept Jed um, certainly goalless and almost statless for the rest of the game, which is an incredible effort because Jed's such a fantastic talent in his own right. So I think that showed the resilience that Ollie's got. And he's able to absorb the lessons pretty quickly in what's happening on the field and then adjust his positioning and adjust how he defends on the back of that. Well, you sort of spoke the resilience, but that strategy side, has he built that over the year and has that become now even more of a staple of his game? Because the resilience seems like it's always been there with his character and that strategy side. How have you built that to him to just maximise it come this stage of the year? Yeah, I think we started pretty basic with it. I mean, I, I sort of encourage all the developing defenders to defend back shoulder first and get good at the core fundamental of defending from behind. Yeah. And then you start adding in the layers around taking away front positioning and taking away leading lanes and um, adjusting your positioning relative to what's up the field, where the density is and where the dangerous space is. So, you know, in Ollie's case, he was able to progress that pretty quickly um, and often in all fairness, often off his own bat without too much um, tutelage from me. I, I think our backs coach, Cam Field, did a great job with him uh, when we had Ollie available to us. But um, Ollie's quite intelligent. He's able to find those angles and um, work it out himself pretty quickly. And that's what gives me great confidence in him at the next level when he gets a full-time look at footy. Um, he's just going to keep learning these lessons. And clearly, um, when he puts on probably another 10, 15 kilos as well, that's going to help when he does get into a wrestle against some of these bigger, powerful key forwards. Yeah, no, really good story, Ollie. Another good story, Charlie Edwards. I guess he's the one who the Volta tag has been stuck through this season. There seems to be a player who has that every season, but he had the he had the cricket, I guess, interrupted pre-season. You started him off half-back. I guess, what did you say at school level that, I guess, motivated you to play him in the midfield against Dandenong? And, and then that game, how, how much confidence did you have to then 
stick with him in there because that was certainly, I guess, where it started for him at talent league level. Yeah, it was. And through pre-season, we really liked the look of Charlie and we loved him at half-back as that, you know, running high half-back because he, he took the game on really well. You know, he's a, a north-south runner. He runs out the game and mm. he uses it really well by foot. So um, when the opportunity came up to put him in the midfield in that Daniel game, it was something we'd been looking to do at some point. Yep. Um, just with his size and his power. And we thought, oh, yep. let's have a look and see. And the thing that really impressed me with him was he kept that ability to run you know, out of a contest or run straight out the game um, coming from inside the contest, basically. So something that you have to teach a lot of guys, he was able to do pretty naturally. And, um, yeah, his school footy, it had been a bit hard to tell. You know, Melbourne Grabbers team wasn't that great this year. Yep. So they, they were struggling a fair bit. And naturally, Riley had a fair bit of attention in that team as well. But um, he'd shown a little bit of stuff there. And it was enough for us just to, you know, let's see what we can do, you know, when we have him um, with us during the school holidays. And um, he was the best player on the ground. We felt that night along with Cooper Lord. And um, that, that gave us confidence to go again with it. And I probably thought that Charlie would end up on the wing at some stage. Um, we did that in the second last round, I reckon it was against Northern. Pushed him inside after half time. He kicked a couple of goals out of the midfield and that ended up being his spot for the rest of the year. So he's an exciting package. And the thing I, I keep saying to AFL clubs about Charlie is, We've only just scratched the surface with his stoppage craft and his contest work, and um, he's a great learner. Um, he comes from a beautiful family, and he's just a great character and great person. So um, I'm excited for him. He's been the bolter this year, and, yeah, can't wait to see him at the next level. Scratching the surface, what's the next step with him? Well, I think just um, a few more tricks around his stoppage work. Like Clearly, when you go from playing under-18 footy, where it's a little bit more offensive, a little bit less defensive mindset, that you're now going to go into – you know, lining up in a centre bounce against Marcus Bontempelli. So he's going to need some tricks to handle that sort of situation and come up against a Christian Petrarca, who's slightly different, a Lockie Neal, who's slightly different again. So um, that's going to be the great learning for him. And um, I still don't know whether mid or half back is his best spot. Um, he's certainly been impressive as a mid, uh, but potentially he might end up spending a bit of time at half back as well. Yeah, we'll be excited to see where Charlie Edwards ends up in the next couple of years. Archie Roberts is one I want to talk about now. We've seen on halfback, he's just been so consistent throughout the year. And, and I thought he showed that straight away in his academy games where he was able to play really good roles on VFL-listed boys. But even AFL-listed boys, I think he was playing on Jack Martin in that Carlton VFL game. How have you seen his progression throughout the year? He's stayed so consistent, hasn't really let his game down at any point, had a really good championships and just kept building. And I guess where's the, where's the areas of improvement come for Archie? Even, you know, he, he was in that team at the back end of last year and has just built a really nice 2023. Yeah, it's been pretty solid and consistent for Archie through the year. And um, I think everyone sees what he can do offensively and he provides that overlap run and, and run and carry off half back. The question mark with him has been probably around his defensive side. And um, it's more around what happens probably 30, 40 metres off the ball than when he's in a contest. I think when he's in a contest defensively, he's quite quite capable. Um, he just was a bit of a victim of watching the ball when his opponent would leave him a bit up the ground. And uh, we were able to work on that through the second half of the year and correct that a bit. And I thought his finals, he, he was really good in that space. So um, he's a good learner. He understands footy concepts really well, Archie. And... Um, you know, as he keeps developing that side. I've used the comparison to Christian Salem. I think he's that sort of player at the next level. And um, as he keeps honing in that defensive um, awareness more than defensive craft, um, that's going to help um, him at the next level, definitely. Harvey Johnston, the cultural glue of the Sandy Dragons, how much of a point of difference is his leadership? Oh, it's been fantastic. And, you know, he's one of our vice captains this year. He's with us all through the year um, and did a great job. You know, he handled a fair bit of a load this year when he had to play, you know, Dragons and Metro as well. And um, just a little bit of school footy for him in there. But 
he handled it all really well. Went and played some VFL footy late in the year at Sandringham. And I think he really impressed everyone at the Zebras with his um, personality and you know, his appreciation for the opportunity and the way he treated the program. And um, we got a lot of you know, high-quality feedback, which we get everywhere from Harvey. Um, he's just such a high-quality person. And, yeah, he was the, the cultural glue for us. Uh, him and Tarkin O'Leary were the two guys I felt that um, really moulded the group together all through the year. And um, on the field, you know, he's a really dynamic player. He's a very good centre-bounce player and um, drives his legs out of the contest quite well. And I think as he fills out and thickens up a little bit, um, he's going to be able to absorb the contest a little bit more. But, you know, he's a, a good, smart, creative player. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, he had a, a, a game against WA in the Champs where he had 29 touches. I, I think at AFL level, it might be more 22, 23, but he's going to be damaging with every one of those. And um, that's a play that every club wants. Well, you touched on Tarkin O'Leary and I think a great segue. And, and he's one that has had, again, a really consistent year. And I, I personally think he's pretty underrated, just that running capacity. We saw it in the testing, but also his kicking ability. He's his, just his spatial awareness to switch the ball on, you know, on the run. Tell us sort of where he fits the gap at the next level if he was to make it and why he's so productive in any team he fits into. Yeah, it's a great story, Tark. He, he came in the very first night that I was at the club, we ran a 2 k and he, he ran about six minute flat, I think, maybe just inside six minutes. And immediately you go, okay, he's a great runner, but can he actually play? Because that's always been the question with the guys that are great runners. And he can, he's a genuine footballer, uh, comes from a genuine football family. And um, yeah, I think you saw him run a 5.48 the other day. Um, what you see on the field is as a wingman, he holds his lanes really well. He's quite compliant. He sets up well structurally and, um, the kick's really nice, so he can get out and power run contest to contest. And at his height, he's a Dan Hanabry-style wingman, that, you know, basically goal-line-to-goal-line goal type runner, um, which I think is really impressive at the next level. And we see that with guys like Ed Langdon, um, who'd only be marginally taller, I reckon, than Tark, um, that, that can play the wing. I also think he could play high half forward at the next level and, and be that player that gets up the ground, helps defensively, and then resets back with speed. And we saw in his Zebras games, he was able to hit the scoreboard and um, kick goals each week and... We didn't really tap into that too much at the Dragons. You know, he was pretty pretty locked into that wing role and we're trying to get a few other guys through half forward. But I do think that's a capability for him at the next level. Brother of Blake O'Leary, and he played a little bit of that small forward role last year. How did you, how did you, I guess, see his ability to, you know, being that sort of smaller size, compete against some of those bigger boys? Yeah, I think that's always the question that comes up with clubs as a wing, uh, whether or not, you know, if you come up against a 190-centimetre wingman, can they push forward on you and take a mark? I would say with Tark that he's ultra competitive. He's not going to get beaten in contests for a lack of effort. You know, he's one of these guys who's going to die trying out there, which you, you absolutely love as a coach because you know what you're going to get every week. So I don't think the size will be too much of an issue. That's where I think half forward is important for him because that's a, a secondary role that he could do really well yep. and that his skill set translates um, really well to. He's ultra combative and I you know, saw him in the grand final, I think in the third or fourth quarter, you know, a little push and shove out in the far wing. And you know, he's, he's that sort of guy. He'll stand up for his teammates and he'll, he'll protect them. And um, he'll be the little bloke right in the middle of all the, the mess because um, he just loves it. So um, he'll be a good asset at the next level. Luke Lloyd, another brother of a Frankston VFL player, Joe Lloyd. A lot's talked about, obviously, how good he is overhead and, and obviously how good that school game was. But the I guess his running patterns, his ability to link up as a half forward is something that can get overlooked. How, how good do you see that being? how important a feature of his game is that? Yeah, really important. And he's, you know, I've described him as the most natural footballer on our list um, this year. I, I think he's just a genuine natural footballer. He understands the game back to front and he gets the running patterns really well. He understands the dynamic of the game and the, the tempo of the game really well and knows when to go quick, knows when to go slow, knows how to find space. And 
he's got unbelievable hands and he's a nice kick. So he's just got a, a complete package. And he was another one where, you know, we were looking at playing him behind the ball at some point through this year as a third tall defender. And we'd earmarked to do it. Um, I think it was the Western Jets game in round 14. And he yep. got called up to play VFL. So um, we didn't get a chance to really explore that too much um, at coach league level. And it's probably my reflection that I should have done that earlier with him through the year. But he missed the first month with a quad. Yeah. And we were just getting him settled through that little patch of, you know, four games in 10 or 11 weeks that we got in the middle of the year. And um, he played really well as a forward all through that period. So it was hard to move him out of that spot um, where he could show his natural capability. But, um, you know, I think either end of the ground at the next level um, at 192, 193 is a you know, real yeah. um, possibility for him. Yeah. Cal Shadir is one who we know for his overhead abilities, contested abilities, been terrific. His goal kicking probably let him down at times, but how has he sort of continued to build his football, even where, you know, resilience-wise as well? He's he's still shown he's capable of doing all the right things and he knows how to get himself in the right positions. How have you sort of built his development throughout the year? Yeah, I think with Kalsh, um, you know, we're really conscious that he clearly missed a bit of time out of the program with his family last year and with the unfortunate passing of his father. And, um, you know, he, he's... He's raw in a football sense. Um, his progress this year has been enormous, um, probably as, as strong as any of our players on the list. And um, he's clearly got a lot of natural football talent. You know, his brother obviously was drafted to the Crows when I was there. And um, he's got strong hands like Harry as well. Um, but he's quite dynamic. You know, he, he can sort of jump over small buildings, really. And we saw that in the grand final when he plays the second ruck. And I think that key forward second ruck role is the best one for him because his follow-up at ground level around the contest is quite good. Things like running patterns and consistency of his goal kicking, those are the things that are the work on for him. Um, I think when he gets to the next level, uh, whether it's this year or in the coming years, that's going to be um, something that, that's going to grow pretty quickly for him. But clearly his athletic attributes um, just stand out with his high marking and his follow-up at ground level. He, he tackles aggressively for a big guy, um, which I always love to see. So um, he's a great package and it'll be interesting on draft night to see you know, when someone jumps and, and puts a bid on him and, and where Hawthorne sit with it. So... Um, he's an exciting talent. Well, that, that ruck work we saw in the granny just stood out immensely. And is that something that he was building on throughout the season just to show his versatility come the back end that, yeah, I've got that forward presence and, and that ruck work is just something I add to my game that makes me complete? Yeah, at the Dragons, we were really blessed with tools this year. So we, we spent a fair bit of time trying to roll our genuine rucks through. And we played two rucks in a number of games, you know, between Levi Young, Brody Finlay, um, Tim Paris, and then obviously Vigo Vizantini as well. Um, Kalsh got his opportunity a couple of times with us, but it was more when we saw it at school footy at St. Beads. And um, he really was able to turn some games for them and have an impact going into the rucks. So um, we explored it as a second ruck a couple of times with us late in the year. And um, clearly in the grand final, you look at that patch through the last quarter uh, when he's in the centre bounce and you know, he's jumping high, jumping over the oppo ruck, but then following up and getting after it. And there's one you know, 65, 70 metre point that goes through Another one he pulls to the top of the square and Will Brown kicks the goal. Yeah. Uh, he just had a massive impact in that role. And I, I think, you know, speaking to a number of clubs in the week after the grand final, um, it really impressed them the way he was able to impact the game in there. Where did he start at? You sort of talk about his development this season has probably been as, as dramatic as anyone on your list. Yeah, I, I think it's the consistency that's developed. You know, the attributes were there from day one, from what I saw when I arrived. Um, but, you know, he is... He's had to deal with a lot in his life at a young age. You know, I lost my father five years ago and he's lost his 20 years younger than I was when I lost mine. So it's it's a challenge and it's one of those things that impacts us all at some stage in life. And he's had to deal with it very young and 
and support his family and, and all that. So, you know, his, him off the field and him on the field, two different things at the moment. And on the field, he's just that maturity sort of catching up, I reckon, through the year from a football sense. And yeah. that is just game time and reps. Like he just needs to be out there training and playing and having spent a lot of time playing basketball and then a bit of time away from footy. Um, it's it's going to come pretty quickly because it's accelerating at a rapid rate. Yeah, no, really well summed up. Charlie Harrop's one who showed his, probably showed his strongest footy at champs level. Didn't probably get back to that at the back end of the season, obviously coming off that injury. But the the work ethic and that marking that we see that we see on the field, and particularly that work ethic, is that something that translates into his training? Tell us about how you've seen him this season. Yeah, it really does translate. Um, Charlie's just a high-quality character, and you know, he was... Um, he wasn't a formal leader in our program, but he was a leader in our program, if that makes sense. And clearly he was at school as well with Halebury. So um, for him to, you know, play in premierships at both school and, and Dragons this year was fantastic. And um, to show his capability at Metro level um, was awesome. So he was one who suffered a, 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 um, interruptions at the start and end for him. It was cricket late in preseason, which really hurt him. And um, that probably made him borderline, honestly, for round one. And he fought his way into our side and, just accelerated rapidly from there, um, playing that role as a high half forward um, on the outside and um, really compliant to that role, held his lanes really well. He's very intelligent, so he understands the game well and doesn't take much coaching, Charlie. You're telling something once and he corrects it forever. So um, I was really impressed with his progress there and that got him through into Metro and we saw in the country game, he was able to hit the scoreboard really well there. And yeah, unfortunately for him, he broke his finger really badly, uh, compound fracture of his finger in the last Halebury game and um, didn't get back to the prelim, I think it was with us. So um, we saw his impact, his marking, as you mentioned, he's excellent. He's a great follow-up contest player. And I think he's got the capability to go through the midfield or the wing as well for a few minutes. Um, again, in our side, it, it was hard to fit them all in through the midfield. Yep. But I think even what he did as a forward um, impressed plenty of people. Vigo Vicentini obviously had his had a pretty good season in the end and we saw glimpses throughout the season what he's capable of and sort of my question to you is what is his best quality of football because we've seen with rucks now that to have that versatility to move through the corridor and provide that run in transition where do you think his best football sits? Yeah Vigo's a fascinating one for me you know he I was probably told when I arrived that he'd be a little bit more key forward and ruck and he just keeps growing so he's at 203 now and I think he's projected to get to potentially 205. And I think he's a genuine ruck now. So um, his follow-up and combativeness at ground level is excellent. He gets back behind the ball to support really well as well. So, um, you know, I think he's got so many attributes that are going to, you know, stand up really well at the next level. And the reality is for rucks, they don't hit their peaks till they're 25. So yeah. clubs drafting them at 17 is a real challenge. And Vigo's put plenty on the table, I think, for recruiters to consider and, you know, he's, in his Metro um, gamer is number one ruck against uh, WA. And admittedly, it wasn't against Mitch Edwards, their number one ruck, but he dominated that game. It was an outstanding performance. And you saw him streaming out of centre bounce and showing a bit more of that, you know, around the ground extra midfielder that he can be. Um, but he's also got the capability to be a genuine big man, to get back down the line and take an intercept mark and um, or push forward and hit the scoreboard, as you saw with the very last goal in the, the grand final. So, um, look, Vigo's got a lot of great attributes and, um, you know, he's going to be a probably a slightly slower burn just through uh, he's had a lot of injuries um, and not any you know major injuries, but just annoying things through preseason this year. He, he missed a block with COVID. He had to have a nose operation. He had a little back thing that had to get tidied up. I mean, he broke his arm, I think it was, or a wrist um, last year. He's just missed chunks of preseason the last couple of years. And I think when he gets a couple of preseasons under his belt at AFL level, uh, we're going to see a really good Ruckman for the future. 
certainly he's one who had a, a good last couple of weeks. So too did Cooper Lord. He's a he's a good story, obviously. Late addition to the program, late addition to trial for Vic Metro, and and certainly his ability to cover the ground is something that really stood out this year. Yeah, it was. You know, he's oh, I've said to recruiters, I think Cooper was the best contest player in the coach league this year. His ability to to lay tackles, to stand up in tackles, to drive his legs was just incredible. And then to work from contest to contest. So um, when we did our testing earlier in the year at Maranong, um, he was just absolutely outstanding in the yo-yo. And there was a couple of our guys, him and Tarkin O'Leary and a couple of others just kept pushing each other all the way, which was great to see. So, you know, Coop's a high quality character. Um, he missed out on the pathway at Oakley. He'd done a lot of rowing when he was younger and that had probably taken him away from footy. Um, he got the opportunity with us on a recommendation, came in in January, ran a 6.10 2K on day one and his footy stuff was excellent. So his last month of the year was really strong. Um, he was one of the best players on the ground on grand final day. He had 31 touches and um, five of seven clearances, something along those lines. So um, I was really pleased for the way he finished the year. Um, and for him, it's just such a great progress from being outside a coach league program to being in a Metro trial, as you mentioned, and then yeah. being one of the best players on the ground on grand final day and to walk away a premiership player from the Dragons is um, a testament to his character and his um, progress this year. Another boy who played very well on grand final day and earned himself the best on ground was Will Brown. And I'm interested to see, I mean, he, he played a lot of his football in the back end of last year, that half forward role, sort of played a bit in the midfield and went back to that half forward role. How did you balance his positional changes and maximising his output on the field as the season went through? Yeah, it was an ongoing conversation with Brownie and I all through the year. And really what we wanted to do was show all his capabilities and you know, he obviously played really well in the grand final last year as a forward. So recruiters had seen that. He got into the Vic Metro preliminary squad of 20 um, at the end of last year, which was a great reward for him. We trained him up as a midfielder because 194 centimetres, long arms, you know, good capability to be that Bontempelli type midfielder. Um, I thought for a young man who had never been inside a centre bounce as a midfielder from round one this year, uh, I, I thought he was excellent, his contest work and his, his stoppage craft. And that's an area that he'll just keep getting better at the more he does it. But once we got through the champs, and he'd had a bit of a setback before the champs with a nasty ankle injury. And I probably made the mistake of playing him in that first champs game. I shouldn't have picked him for the SA game, um, which was a learning for me. But I thought he got better the longer the champs went as that midfielder. And then we thought, well, let's go forward again and show a bit of that. Maybe come back into some centre bounces as we go, which he, he did through the rest of the games. But he showed that the ability to lead, to get up the ground, to read the play really well and, he just hit the scoreboard every week as a forward and we clearly saw that on grand final days. So um, for Will to, to finish up his um, under-18 footy career as a dual premiership player, a premiership captain at the Dragons, captain of Vic Metro, play well as a midfielder, play well as a forward, a pretty impressive resume. And that forward craft, I guess, with such a tall forward line that your team did have, how was he able to work himself into it quite a lot? And like you said, he did. He was able to hit the scoreboard week after week. So what was his strategy in being able to hit the scoreboard, even with a tall forward line like you had? Yeah, I think it, what it allowed him to do was to show how well he can read the game, that there was times when he had to be a tall and, and be that second tall for us. And there's other times when he basically plays a small at 194. So um, when you had Archer May, Cal Shadir, Luke Lloyd, um, Levi Young when he was up there Brownie, it was just a lot of tools at, at different times and he read the play to adjust between tall and small quite well Good at ground level for someone his size as well, Lockie Voss um, he's obviously one who did have that injury interrupted start to the year but you gave him some assignments I think he played a mate caddy a couple of times had Riley Weatherall in the grand final and bounced back from I think Riley Weatherall getting on top of him early but how, how where could he have got to I guess if, if he did play a full season 
Yeah, I feel for Vossi, and hopefully it, he still gets an opportunity at the level. If he doesn't, then you know whether he comes back with us as a 19 or goes into VFL, I think he'll get picked up at some point in the next 12 months. Um, yeah, incredibly athletic, um, tall for 200, similar to Ollie Murphy, 200 centimetres, 6'10", 2 kaya, covers the ground well, understands footy, has done a lot of ruck work and key forward work, and yeah. he was another one that we thought, like, let's go behind the ball and, and let's see what happens, and um, he really did well over pre-season and then, you know, two and a half quarters into round one, he goes over on his ankle and he's out for the rest of, or nearly the rest of the year. So um, I was really disappointed for him. I think he would have made Vic Metro had he got to play that first month, yeah. um, having seen, you know, the rest of the, the competition now. And um, he got back and, and played the Western Jets game and then he played the last two in the four finals. So we got to see um, him a fair bit at the back end of the year. And you're right, we saw him more in those defensive lockdown roles. You know, he did play on Nate Caddy and Weatherall and, um, and Rudd, I think it was, yeah. um, for Geelong as well. He had in that matchup. So, like, he performed well in each of those roles. I thought his game against Caddy in the semifinals was outstanding. You know, Nate's a, he's one of my favourites, Nate. He's a high, high-quality talent. And, you know, probably should be a top-ten draft pick, in my opinion. And for Vossi to compete really well against him and keep him out of that game a fair bit, I thought it was fantastic for him. So the side we haven't seen and we were going to show during the middle of the year was him as a ruckman as well because, yeah, right. you know, that was something we feel, you know, he might be able to do at the next level is that key forward rucks. So um, recruiters have only got to see him as a back, really. Yeah. Um, bit of footage potentially from last year. Um, but even then, I think on the, the athleticism alone um, yeah. probably appeals a fair bit. Yeah. And seeing what he could do as a more lockdown defender, um, I, that's got him being spoken about by clubs and hopefully he gets an opportunity. Billy McGee Gallen Birdie is one that personally I love watching come the back end and he just does the little things so well. He's played a, he's played really good lockdown roles. He saw it against Nick Watson at school level and then even come the prelim final, Tom Anastasopoulos, who had a very good season, shut him down in that after the first quarter. How is that something that you can teach as a coach or is that something that just comes naturally to a player like Billy who just prides himself on doing those little things and those one percenters that help the team progress? Yeah, it's probably a bit similar to Ollie Murphy that another, like, um, not quite as quiet, I think, Billy, a little bit more vocal maybe than Ollie is, but um, yeah. just a, you know, nice, humble young man. And then you put him out there in a contest and he gets real competitive and really, and not fiery, but he's he's happy to compete and compete really hard. And I did, probably didn't see that from him until the early rounds. Um, I didn't notice it in pre-season. I think it's always been there in him. Yeah. Um, when I arrived, the, the first thing I was told about Bill was he was a beautiful kick and, yeah. Uh, he's from my local club, the Q Bears. So, you know, him and Cooper Lord, I was happy to keep a close yeah. eye on those two early on just to, to get a feel for how the Q Bears boys were going. But, you know, Bill, outstanding kickoff halfback, had played senior footy at Q as a you know 16-year-old. So he played in, you know, a reasonable team. And um, once we put him into those defensive roles, he showed a great ability to close out and get up on the outside of his opponents and, and then compete really well in one-on-ones and become an intercept marker in one-on-one situations. So that was from the first four weeks. And then... He obviously played a slightly different role at times at St. Kevin's and showed a bit more of his run and carry through the middle of the year. The game against Watson, clearly against Caulfield, was a really impressive one and a pretty fiery sort of day, that one. And he was able to handle that and, and really rise to that quite well. And and then the finals, you're right, Anastopoulos kicks too early. And I know Cam, our backs coach, spoke to him at quarter time. How are you, Bill? And he goes, yeah, I'm all good. Like, didn't need to be coached through it too much. And, um you know, watching back the grand final, which I might have done 14 or 15 times already, um, from behind the goals, you know, Bill, his positioning on Watson was outstanding as a forward. And I thought Watto impacted the game as a midfielder, but I yeah. thought Bill won the matchup when he was forward. So um, he's, he's a great kick. He's a good defender. He's just progressed really well through the second half of the year in particular. And he's one of those guys that 
there's a bit of interest, a bit of conversation around if it's not AFL, it might be a train on, could be an SSP later, um, might be VFL for a year first. Um, you know, we'll cross those bridges with him as we go, but I'm um, impressive young man. Now, certainly another one of those sort of defenders who's shown that he has got a bit of bounce and bubble off half back is Matt Carroll, but then also his ability to shut down obviously got lauded quite widely for the Rolly Cloud and Jack Deline. But I guess on a wider sort of sample size, what have you seen from that? How have you seen his ability to lock down, develop throughout the season and I guess show that defensive side to his game as well? Yeah, I think when I first saw Matt, the thing that impressed me was um, he would throw himself at contest to, to get an arm in to spoil. And if it was a pack situation, he'd just jump and use his athleticism and go for it. And probably at the risk of knocking over three or four teammates on the way through. But um, the side that I saw develop was that run and carry and to go you know, north-south, to go at the game a little bit more direct and yep. um, to start working his way out into some space. And I think we saw that in the big country game, the fourth of the champs games, yep. where he had 20-something off, off high half back and showed that offensive side. But the Jack Deline one was a great one. You know, Jack's a great talent. Kicked four goals in, in twice in other champs games. Um, and for Matt, who hadn't really done those sort of roles before, to take that on, to understand the positioning, to be diligent, to stay with Jack and to keep mm. him the two touches in three quarters before he was sent up to the wing uh, was a great effort. So I think Matt's shown both sides and he, he bailed a bit of a hamstring tendonitis thing later mm. in the year, which kept him out of a few games, but got back for our last couple of finals and performed really well. Yeah, no, really well summed up. We'll go through a few few boys who, who might look to make their way onto VFL lists and play some some footy with you as well this year. So I'll I'll just name some off and, and you can give a give a little brief summary of them as players. Miles Enders, obviously the first four games of the season. Outstanding early in the season, Miles. I really felt for him. He had a, a bad groin injury that kept him out for the middle chunk of the year and it was hard to get back into our side by the time he was available late in the year. So he was an emergency for the grand final and a high-quality young man, um, great athletic attributes. Um, yeah, we'll work through whether he comes back as a 19 or he goes to VFL, but, um, yeah, high-quality young man. Nate Sullivan, what do you make of his season? And pretty reliable in the defensive aspect in the back end. Yeah, I can't help but smile as soon as you mention his name. It's one of my favourite stories this year, Nate. You know, he, he was one of the, I think he might have been the only player that didn't play a game last year on the list and, yeah. um, you know, made his debut in round seven, kept his spot the entire year, super diligent defensively, came to me early in pre-season wanting to build his defensive craft and we worked on some positioning and some spoiling and a few things like that and became ultra-reliable playing on a variety of tools and smalls um, and then added the offensive layer to his game late in the year and started to get involved a little bit more there. So, yeah, a fantastic um, story this year, one of our most improved player and very popular amongst the boys. Ethan Williams, obviously a half-back, but then went up and played on the wing, played a really good game in the prelim. Yeah, he did and played really well on the wing a couple of times. Um, Western Jets game in round 14, very good. Thought his positioning was great that day and his transition running as a wingman was really strong. Um, he's a great kick, AJ. That's his, his biggest weapon, but his versatility has become that weapon as well now because he can play half back and, and lock down. He can play half back and attack and then he can also play on the wings. So, um, yeah, really pleased for him. He played senior footy at Port Colts um, through the year as well and um, just done a great job progressing all through the year, AJ. Levi Young got some good opportunities at the start of the year at Young Guns and then played some good roles throughout the Sandy team. What do you make of his year? Yeah, really good, Levi. Um, we worked a lot on his kicking early on. That was the, the, the real growth area for him and it progressed enormously um, through the years. So um, I was really pleased for Levi and his year. His follow-up and some of his tackling and physical work is just fantastic. And uh, we saw a couple of big hits in the Northern game in particular, which you know, Northern had, had beat us up a little bit in the first quarter of the previous matchup and Levi helped set the tone the other way um, in that semi-final and 
you know, as, as the hardest thing I had to do all year was to um, leave him out of the grand final team for Luke Lloyd to come back in. And um, he took it incredibly well, um, which I couldn't have been more appreciative of at the time. And I really felt for him because he deserved to play. And um, his contribution um, was enormous across our group. And I did say to the boys when I announced the team that um, we'd all take a bit of Levi Young into the grand final. And, and we did. Yeah. Archer May, he played as that relieving ruck at times. Obviously, a lot of size up forward. Yeah, Archie was a really interesting one for me. Um, he wasn't really in our preseason too much because he was doing it with Richmond VFL, which was fantastic for him. And I know he'd lost you know, 15 kilos, I think it was, and he'd come from the rowing background and probably stepped straight off the boat onto a footy field pretty much. So, you know, he's learning his craft um, on the fly and uh, really just a dominant presence up forward at different times with his contested marking and um, his accuracy in front of goals. So he had a really consistent year for us. When we gave him opportunities, he made the most of them. Um, and uh, yeah, he played VFL, I think four or five VFL games this year. Yeah, he's one I think that could progress to the next level in the, in the next year or so, um, just through his physical size and his marking power. Um, he's got some great attributes. Josh Dockin is one who I love watching on that win. He provides some great running carrying, just a really nice ball user. And tell us about his season in general. Where do you think his best attributes were? Yeah, I really like some of Doc's attributes. You know, he's a um, he's got great agility to step out of the contest and drive his legs out. He's a nice ball user. He runs the wing really well. Um, he just needs to develop a bit more physically, I think, just to be more consistent in the contest. And that was the growth area for him this year. Uh, a bit harder at school footy. He's playing in a good team, obviously, at Halebury, but it's a different type of footy than Coates League. And he got a good taste of Coates League and played the Champs game against the Allies as well. And um, I think, you know, Doc's got the attributes that um, with a, another probably 12 months of growth and, you know, we'll see what happens draft-wise, but I think another 12 months would benefit him really well and, um, he's one that might come into the system as a 19, 20-year-old um, and then have a good impact. And then last one, Justin Croft, we probably saw the best of him at school footy, but he has got that X factor at his best. He really does. And um, I liked at the start of the year, his ability to hit up through half forward and, and take a strong mark and then turn and give us something inside 50 as well. I think his tackle pressure as a forward is elite. That's one of the probably an underrated element of his game at the moment. Um, he suffered a little bit through the back end of school footy, so played a few different positions after he had a good run early, as you mentioned. And then um, at the back end of the year, obviously our team pretty tough to get back into. So um, I felt for Crocky, he was one that, you know, in, in probably any number of other programs he would have played late in the year. Um, there just wasn't quite the opportunity with us. But, you know, he's looking at um, heading to Queensland and potentially playing some VFL there. And um, he's one that I think fits in with a dock if he keeps developing and growing over the next 12 to 24 months. Um, there's clearly some AFL attributes there. Well, that about wraps it up. Thank you, Eves, Rob, for joining us today. And good luck to all your boys. That will, I'm sure there'll be a number of them that get picked up on November 20 and 21. Thank you, Jonty, as well. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes coming as we preview the AFL draft and the AFLW draft coming up soon. Thank you all for watching. Subscribe for more, and we'll see you next week.